0: So how many of you, how many of you were raised, perhaps like me, where in your family, maybe there was some split mentalities around money? So here's the thing, entrepreneurs, leaders, salespeople, we all wanna create consistent, repeatable, and scalable ways to grow our business and our income. And we wanna do it better, faster, and more seamlessly Why? So we can actually enjoy our lives, take vacations, and spend the quality time that we want with the people that we love. How do we do all this without spending a fortune or running ourselves ragged? That's the big question, and this show is dedicated to the answer. Hey, welcome to my Throwback Thursday podcast. I'm really excited to give you the opportunity to listen to this show. This was a talk I did in 2016 at our Success Summit when I've been repeatedly asked, Tom, what are the differences between poor agents, rich agents, and wealthy agents. And I actually broke down the framework of exactly what you should do. And guess what? This thing went super viral on YouTube. And if you were to Google, even last year, uh, how to manage my money, it was the number one video out there. So enjoy my thoughts around how you can go from being poor to being wealthy with the right framework for your money management. Enjoy. So how many of you... How many of you were raised, perhaps like me, where in your family, maybe there was some split mentalities around money? How many of you know what I'm talking about? You know, like maybe mom had a certain way of thinking and dad had a certain way of thinking. So how many of you guys know who my dad is? My mom and dad got married when they were like 22 years old. My dad flunked out of college Right, as a speech and communication major, which is pretty awesome, considering he's like one of the greatest motivational and real estate training speakers ever. Right, And his mindset, because his mentor, this is what his mentor said to him, you want to make a lot of money? Go buy a Rolls Royce, go get a big fancy watch, and go get a really expensive car and a really expensive house, and you will be motivated like crazy, and you will go do whatever it takes to be successful. And guess what my dad did? He went up I in mean, big fancy car, big watch, you know, ride Rolls Royce the whole nine yards. And every day he was like this: "Holy shit, I gotta make money." <laughs> my mom, on the other hand, grew up in an environment with a few more kids. My grandfather, my mom's mom, passed away when she was very young, and she immediately had to go to work at like 14 years old. By the time she was 16, she was working at Disneyland as a mouseketeer, you know. Orange County, California, and she's doing great, but all of her money went back into the family. So she would work only to basically have no for herself benefit from it. So in her mind, every cookie in the cookie jar mattered. You should be very mindful with every single dollar. Imagine growing up in that house. This one is like, it's not how much money, you just need to make sure there's at least one cookie in the cookie jar, and we can divide it up six ways. And my dad's like, we should start a cookie factory and finance the entire thing. Well, no surprise, that relationship did not last long, right? My dad actually ended up marrying somebody who was ridiculously financially savvy, and I think she's somewhere inside the room. Pooh, are you inside the room? My, my other mom, somewhere inside her, maybe are running around the room. The bottom line was this. I grew up with a completely messed up psychology when it came to money. And it wasn't until in my mid-20s when I met one of my mentors who he showed me something which I'm going to show you. The bottom line is this, guys. Money is a tool. Nothing more, nothing less. Say that out loud. Money is a tool. Nothing more, nothing less. Listen, if you're a jerk, money makes you more of a jerk. If you are Mother Teresa, money makes you more of Mother Teresa. It is just a tool. But this is what I know. How many of you know someone that doesn't have enough money? I don't know about you guys. I don't want to be that person. And not that I feel bad for them or less for them. All I think to myself is that person was never taught what I'm about to teach you. They never understood that your money is a tool and just like an app on a phone, if you don't use it and play the game right and follow the steps, you don't get the results. It's not how much money you earn. It is what you do with the money that matters. You guys with me on this? So I want you to write in your notes the following. There's been a lot of research on this and you've probably seen something like this before, especially if you've ever met with a financial planner or you know, you've watched CNN Financial, they all say the same thing. Write down five, 15, and 80. Five, 15, and 80. 5%, 15%, and 80%. 5%, 15%, and 80%. And as all the studies show, it says 5% of the planet are basically generational wealth. They have created generational wealth. It's not the top 1%, guys. Somebody who is worth $5 million, who has paid off their home, and when they pass on, they transfer all that wealth over, that's generational wealth. You with me on this? Some of them are worth millions, some of them it's tens. some of them are hundreds, some of them are now billions. But that's the 5%. The 15%, write this in your notes, you ready? They are the middle class. They got a house, they got a little savings, they go on a few vacations, and they're comfortable. And there's nothing wrong with that 15%. But where do you think the 80% sits? Darcy, the 80%... 80%, 80%, look around the room. Potentially 80% of this room, I don't think so, but potentially with the numbers, 80% of this room, when they are older, either A, have to work to make money, or B, are dependent upon the government or their family to subsidize their lifestyle. 80%, 80%. 80%. Some of you are thinking to yourself, my kids better be successful. (laughs) 5% generational wealth. And it starts at $5 million and above. 15% comfortable. My in-laws are 93 and 90 years old. They have a million dollar net worth. They're in that 15%. House is paid for that they bought for $11 300 years ago. (laughs) Right, in Anaheim, California on Bruce Street. Paid that sucker off. Every time I talk to my father-in-law, you see my Ford stock? Right, He's not, he started buying Ford stock like in 1948. You with me? Like I had a dollar, then I had two shares, and then three shares, but over time, guess what? He's in that 15%. How many of you know someone right now though, that based upon their money behaviors and their money psychology, they're clearly gonna end up in the 80%. Don't point at them if they're in this room and don't like, you know, make them wrong but I'd like you to consider maybe they just never heard what I'm about to share with you. So I'm gonna show you guys a business strategy for your money, you guys up for that? A business strategy. I'm not gonna tell you what to invest in, that's not my role. I'm gonna show you ideas of what the very best people do. I'm gonna put it up on the big screen which means the team's gonna keep it here the whole time and you're gonna take detailed copious notes. So here's the first thing I wanna show you. This is what 80% of real estate professionals do. 80% of real estate professionals, they get a commission check and that check goes into their personal account. Their personal account. 80%, they get a check and it goes into their personal account. They go home and maybe they say, here honey or here I'm by myself and I put it in my account but this personal account is not an LLC, an S corp, a limited, you know, limited partnership. It's not a corporation, it's a personal thing. Now I'm not gonna ask you to raise your hands if that's you, but I am gonna say this to you. I would like to thank you for paying lots in taxes. Thank you very much. I really appreciate you overpaying what you should be paying. Keep up the good work. So what's rule number one? Should I have a corporation? Yes or yes? Yes or yes? So check this out, guys. If you answered this, don't feel bad. I I will teach this stuff at conferences and I'm blown away by 10 people in the room, 10,000 people in the room, the number of people that go, yeah, I thought about doing that, but like, I don't know, like which one do I pick? I'm no expert. Here's what you do, you call your accountant and say, I think I need to get incorporated, which do you recommend based on where I live, what country, what state, et cetera. But rule number one is no one leaves this conference in 30 days if you are not incorporated and you don't own your business and now your checks come to blankety blank LLC, not you personally, because now you get all the tax advantages. Yes or no, guys? But I got to tell you, this is what the 80% does. And this is clearly bad. Let me show you what the 15% do. I want you to draw this out. I want you to imagine a world where, and by the way, did you guys notice the subtle little difference? This one says, check, this one says, checks. Because people that get checks understand the following. I get the check, it goes directly into my business account. Right? I get it wired in from escrow. I don't get physical checks anymore. The money just gets transferred over. You with me? Oh, my escrow company, my title company won't do it. Great, get the physical check. But it goes into a business account. Which means now as you can see, I'm gonna have four different accounts at my bank. Four different accounts at my bank. I'm gonna have my business account. I'm gonna have my tax account, excuse me, three accounts. Tax account, business account, and my home account, my personal account. Here's the reality, my friends. If I, if I can encourage and inspire, you know, every single one of you to just do that and then follow the rule, you ready? Write this in your notes. Above the tax account, I want you to write down, let's, let's do an imaginary check and I want you to show you how much money goes where. So at, at the top, let's say that's a $10,000 check just for easy numbers, $10,000 check. So all of a sudden $10,000 hits my business account and the first thing that happens is instantaneously 3,300 of the 10,000 goes directly into my tax account. 3,300 automatically into my tax account. Because some of you think when you get a check for 10 grand that you actually have 10 grand. How many of you are in the state of California or New York or in the country of Canada? You get a check for 10 grand and you're lucky if you get 4,500. That's the real deal. Now, you're an entrepreneur. You own your own business. You're going to start t- taking better write-offs. You're going to pay more attention to your accountant. You're probably going to have your Uncle Larry who's done your taxes forever stop and actually hire a CPA who's going to pay attention. But 3300 bucks automatically goes there. Then... 3300 or less goes into your business account. And this is where I run my business. A check comes in, I've got marketing. A check comes in, I've got expenses. A check comes in, I've got my MLS dues. Everything that I need to run my business, every check, 3300 3300 And then what goes over here? 3400 bucks to my home. Now it sounds like you might need a home budget. What do you guys think? Because many times, what do we do? We get a check and we just start spending the money. By the way, if you look at this, the very first one, this is the, the cardinal sin. This is what poor people do. They get a check and they just start spending. Who knows someone like that, say I. Matter of fact, the bigger the check, the more they start spending. And they never think about debt reduction because they'll do that later. Cause I've worked so hard, and this was such a challenging transaction, and that's why I'm gonna overindulge and overinspend on myself, and we know the financial roller coaster you're actually putting yourself through. This, my friends, is what the people do that take care of their money. They know. Uncle Sam or Revenue Canada or Mexico, they're taking their money no matter what. So when I come in, that check comes in, I don't say to myself, I get it all. It automatically goes there. I leave a piece here and the balance goes here. Make sense? So tell your buddy, are you gonna do this yes or no? Yes or no? Now here's what I know. Look up here, guys. The number of clients that have done this And then I see them a year later and they go, I have $15,000 in my savings account, I've never had that. But more importantly, I've paid all my taxes. Like I'm on time and I have money inside my business account and it's the end of the year and my accountant said I need to take a dividend so I'm getting a big chunk of change at the end of the year. This is awesome. Now I don't know about you guys, but I like, does anybody like nice things? You know, family trips, vacations, memories, holidays, you know, maybe a new outfit. The challenge is, if you keep that psychology without requiring or putting in the discipline, you know what you end up with? A bunch of nice things and a shit ton of debt. So do me a favor, tell your buddy, do you know someone personally that has too much debt? Anybody anybody inside this room? Now listen. There's smart debt and there's bad debt. And I'm not gonna go too in depth with you on this, but you know the difference. You know, credit card debt at 19% is dumb debt. Buying a house and getting a mortgage with 3.5% is really good debt. So we all know the difference. And I just want you to be mindful. I want you to take care of your money. But now, did you guys get a photo of this? Did you capture it? Are you sure? Are you promising to do this? Okay, do you wanna know what the wealthy agents do? This is what the wealthy agents do. It's a little more complex. It's a little more complex. I would get it up on the big screen over there, guys, and take a photo of it, but more importantly, I want you to draw the whole thing out in your notes. Draw the whole thing out in your notes. This is what the wealthy do. This is the stuff that no one taught me, saw until Bill Mitchell pulled me aside and said, what do you do with your money? And I'm like, I don't know. I just get the check and I throw it inside my account and I spend it like crazy and I never have any cash and I'm always in trouble. Draw this out. So play a game with me. You get a $10,000 check. The $10,000 check goes to what account? To what account? And 33% of it goes automatically where? my tax account because I don't really have 10,000. I really have like, you know, 6,000 and change. That's the real deal. So 3,300 automatically here. Then I take another 3,300 over here or less because I don't know your business expenses. But by the way, guys, your marketing cost should be no more than 10% of your expected gross revenue. Your marketing cost should be no more than 10% of your expected gross revenue. So a percentage of that 3,300 is gonna go for your direct mail and your marketing and your email and your Zillow leads and your Facebook ads and the prints and the brochures and everything else. But no more than 10%, no more than 10%, got it? because you're incorporated now, your car and a piece of your house and all kinds of other things get written off into or from this account, so we like that. But you might also have inside there, ready guys? A virtual assistant, an assistant. Well, where is that person gonna be paid from? You got a check for 10 grand. You didn't actually get 10 grand, you got 6,700. 3,300 goes inside here, now I can pay my assistant. It starts to work like clockwork, you with me? but you can see this is where it gets interesting. Some people call this other account your investment account. I like to think of it as my financial hub. It's where the money comes in and then it gets divided again. Now I'm not a financial planner, nor do I you know, even would even attempt to be, but I'm giving you just an example of what that extra $3,400 could go towards. So maybe you need because you do two deals a month, you're like, "I need four grand a month to come into the home expenses, so I'm going to take, you know, two grand of my 3,300, or the 3,400. Where does the rest go? Do you have a retirement account? Do you put money in the stock market or in bonds or whatever you believe in, 401k? Do you have an account where you just put cash? to buy real estate. Why not on every check, take 5% of every check, put it into an account called cash for real estate? And you just watch that sucker grow like crazy over time, two years, and also you're like, I got 185,000 bucks in cash sitting inside that account, I should go buy a duplex, I should go buy a fourplex. I now have the money to go do these deals. Retirement account, real estate cash account. I use this because I did it with my kids, a 529B account, which is a college fund. Cash account. Since we did real estate cash, why don't we call this the fun account? The fun account. You know, the I'm going to go spend this money on stupid stuff and throw it away later and not care. Or I'm going to take this money and I'm going to use it for vacations and holidays. What? action are you going to take in the next 30 days around this conversation there's no more information that's it tell your buddy what actions are you going to take in the next 30 days do it right now if you want more information about this episode including my show notes mentions links and everything else make sure you visit tomferry.com slash podcast that's tomferry.com slash podcast thanks again and talk to you soon